Great to have you here this morning. My name is Lad. I'm one of the guys that gets to teach here, and so I'm glad to be with you here this morning. Um, if you're new here to K2, we, uh, we have two services that kind of go on at the same time. And so this is what we refer to as the white box, because uh, this building is kind of white on the outside. And then there's a red box right behind. And so if you ever, if you ever get here and want to do the, the exact same services um, at the same time. So... Uh, Thanks so much for coming, 9.30 and 11.30. A couple other things. If, if you have one of these on your seat, or even if you don't, if there's any way we can serve you as a church, we'd love to hear about it. And I'd uh, love to have you uh, prayer requests, or if you want to get more involved, you want to find out more information about youth group for your kids or something like that, fill one of these out later on in the day. Uh, the Connections team will be collecting uh, offering, and, and you can put that in there with it. Um, we'd love to get back with you. And if it's your first time, uh, there's... Uh, gift for you outside. If you give this to us, turn it into our connections team, and they'd love to welcome you with a, with a gift for the day. Thanks so much for being here. We're talking about the opposite way. Uh, again, my name's Lad, and uh, it's good to be with you. How many of you um, have ever been on uh, vacation and gotten lost? Anybody ever done that? Yeah. So, uh, Crystal and I uh, were just on vacation for actually a couple of weeks, and man, we had a great time. We had a wonderful time. If you ever get a chance to put two weeks together, I know that's like flaunting to some of you probably, I'm sorry, but if you ever get to put two weeks together, there's that phase where you're like four or five days in, and there's no end in sight, you know, to the vacation, and you get like three or four days where you don't even know what day it is, and oh, it's a great break. So... We just had a great time. We played in the ocean a little bit and uh, pretended that we surfed and all that kind of stuff. So we had fun. But we'd never been to California before. And there's a lot of times where we'd be going on a highway and like the, you know, they got big intersections and all that kind of thing. And, and it's funny, both of us would have like a GPS thing, you know, and I have one while I'm driving, which might have been part of the problem. And then Crystal would have one and we're both trying, we know where we're trying to go. Do you, you know what I'm saying? We know where we're trying to go, and we know the exit is coming up, and, and you go the wrong way. You think you're going the right way, and you hit the wrong lane, and you're on this monster ramp in the other direction, and you see, you see the road that you want to be on disappearing, right? <laughs> going further. Have you ever been there? Right? And so I know some of you do that every time on the way here, and some of, the, some of you, that's a weekly occurrence. You don't know why, but... But here's the thing, when, when you're on vacation or when you're on the 101 and, you know, and the ocean's right there and you make a mistake, it's no big deal because I'm just going to enjoy the view and I don't have anywhere to be anyways. And, but in life, when, when we go our way thinking it's the right way and, and we find out that really God's way is totally opposite, Man, the ramifications are so much deeper. Because here's the thing. You and I, we, we typically, in life, we have a perspective about the way we think life ought to go and the decisions we ought to make and the stuff we ought to do. And, and we find out so, so very often that God's stuff, God's direction, His instruction, His, His way for us is the opposite way. And that's what we've been talking about. And Jesus, when He started His ministry, He kind of got a little bit of a following together and there's a huge huge gathering, his first real big gathering. They call it the Sermon on the Mount. And this whole group of people, he sits them down and, and it's almost like his first formal statement of, of his theology and, and life in the kingdom. And, and he starts with what are called the Beatitudes and these statements of blessing. And he says, blessed are these people. Blessed are the kinds of people who this. Blessed are those who, and we're a few weeks into it. And we're calling it the opposite way. 
Because so often what we would choose is the exact opposite of what Jesus chose. This word blessing, I I just want to get into it with you. It's almost like this drama that was here. So often the way you and I would tell the story is the exact opposite. Jesus told this story about somebody who had compassion and acted in mercy. And when, when he told the story, he used cultural groups. And, and the person that came up that would never help, the person that would never help a fan, no way would a BYU fan help a Ute fan. No way, right? That, and, and he told it in regards to the Jews and the Samaritans. And, and the Samaritan, the one that would never help is the one who has compassion. And, and Jesus says what? comes out of you needs to be the life that God's putting you, the, the compassion and mercy. We're going to get into that in just a little bit. And so this idea of blessing, um, you and I, we don't use, I don't know about you, I don't use the word blessing all that much. I don't, you know, I, I don't use it. And usually the only times I do use the word blessing is when I'm talking either like in prayer or whether I'm talking about something that God has blessed somebody with or, you know, I don't say like, wow, this is a really blessed cup of coffee or, you know, I... <laughs> you know, this meal is really blessed. You know, I, we don't use that word a whole lot. And I want you to know about this word because it doesn't just mean happy. It doesn't just mean like, this is a good deal. It, this word, when Jesus used it, it was a word that only got used about God. Really two things about God or people who were already with him in heaven. And I was trying to think of a word that, that would help us kind of be there. And I couldn't think of one. So, um, do you know in the, in the New Testament, it, it says that in, in heaven, the streets are paved with gold, right? And so even if you haven't read that, you probably know that something about gold in heaven and streets, right? Have you heard that? Anybody heard that? Okay. And so I don't know, uh, I don't know how you've thought about that for years, but, but here's the thing. What are our streets made of? What are, what are our roads and floors and streets made out of? Dirt, okay? Now, we use different kinds of glue to put them together. We'd use black glue sometimes and call it asphalt. We use white glue and we call it cement, but, but it's dirt, right? It's dirt glued together and made hard. And, and how many of you on the way home, when you walk out into the parking lot, and by the way, you know, you're walking farther than you want to walk, I know that, but you're, you're out in the parking lot and there's a little pothole and there's some broken asphalt and you were like, an asphalt nugget, awesome. <laughs> how many of you are going to do that? Nobody picks up an asphalt nugget except for Chuck, right? And so, uh, so nobody's going to pick that up because it's what? It's, it's worthless, okay? And so the point, is, and I just, I think this is really cool. That's why I'm telling you. Um, the point is in heaven, um, our most valuable stuff here is the dirt of heaven. Like, it's not like you're going to go to heaven. And you're going to be like, wow, look at that road. No, the, the, nobody pays attention to the road. Only when there's a problem with it. The, the, the thing is, our most valuable stuff is the dirt of heaven. Our gold is the, is the least important stuff. Nobody's going to pick it up. Everything is far more valuable. Being in his presence is far more valuable. Okay? And so as crazy as that sounds t- to us about, about gold just everywhere. You know, the floors are paved with gold. There's, you know, you're shoveling gold dust here and there and get it out of here. Man, I can't stand this gold dust. Okay? So for us, as ridiculous as that sounds, when Jesus says blessed, automatically they're like, blessed is who? 
uh, it's, it's that ridiculous. Okay? So blessed people are, are here. And so Jesus says of this word that they only used for God, it'd be like gold everywhere, chairs made out of gold, floors made out of gold, roads made out of gold, everything. As ridiculous as that sounds to us, the fact that Jesus says that people can be blessed here, it was that weird to them. Does that make sense? And so it's that kind of word. It's an only in heaven kind of word. Could that kind of reality be? And here's what he says. And we're just gonna, I'm just going to catch us up to date on where we've been. This is in Matthew 5. I'm going to start in verse 3 and just, just read through where we've been. Blessed, and this is the very first thing he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And see, everyone in religion, everyone, all of their assumptions were blessed are the proud in spirit. Those who are confident in their righteous deeds, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And no, Jesus says, blessed are the broken, the impoverished in spirit, who know they bring nothing. Okay? Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That was a hard week. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, power under restraint, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those, this is where we were last week if you were with us, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. That's where we're at today. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So uh, I'd, I'd like to pray and get started, and then, um, and then we're going to jump into this, okay? God, we're here, and um, we're here as your children, you, you made us, your word says that you knit us together in your womb, in our mother's womb. You knit us together and, and you love each one of us far more even than we love ourselves, far more than we love anyone. God, you love us and you know us and you, you God, you care about our lives. You don't care about what you get from us. You care about us. You care about who we are, how we are, the direction of our lives. You care about the details and the hurts and the emotions of us. Your word says that you know every strand of hair on our head. Down to the minutest detail, you know us and you love us. God, it blows us away. And God, we come to you this morning and... And I just ask, I ask that you would teach us through just the authority of your word and what you said, Jesus, when you were here on this, on this mountainside and, and through your Holy Spirit that you'd speak to us, that you would, that you'd peel back the layers of, uh, of hardness over our heart, that you, would, that you would clear our ears and clear our eyes, that you, we could literally hear from you and know that you love us and that you want to give us life. God, these things are, aren't simple. So they feel like clothes that don't fit. They feel like hard things and we don't understand them. And the way we go seems so much different. So God, would you teach us today? I pray in the name of your son. Amen. So I don't know about you, but um, I don't typically think that way. And we're going we're gonna to do this for a few more weeks. I don't typically think the way Jesus talks about here. I, I don't think about these kind of blessings. So I went ahead and wrote my own Beatitudes. I hope you don't mind. Um, I wrote my own that I think reflect. Now, of course, like if I'm in this setting, you're, I'm not going to bring these and say, I really think this is right. But, but to be honest, at a gut level in my life, I think that, that I think about 
like blessing, like good life, like God blesses this. I, I think if you catch me pretty raw, I feel this way. And I think we as a culture feel this way about blessing, not necessarily about the way Jesus spoke it, but I feel, I feel like we think more like this. So let me just go with a couple of these. Blessed are those who are successful in life, for they'll be confident in themselves and in their accomplishments. Blessed are those who eat and drink the finest meals and the finest experiences of life, for they truly live life at its fullest. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? We, this is more the way we think as people. This is, this is the off-ramp that I take, and I watch Jesus' off-ramp go the other way, right? And I know I ought to go that way, but somehow I end up on this road so often. Blessed are those who are physically wealthy, for they live lives of comfort and pleasure. Blessed are those with amazing talents and skills, for they will receive praise and envy from all of those around them. Okay? Um, Blessed are those who are radiantly beautiful, for you will wear the finest of designs and labels. Blessed are those who have extended holidays in exotic places. That was, I wrote that while I was on holiday, by the way. All right? Um, Blessed are those... I was trying. I was trying. Blessed are those uh, who are in perfect health and in good shape, for you will live out the illusion of eternal youth for a couple extra years. Blessed are those who are always smiling, always celebrating... And always having a blast. Now, those are kind of funny, but at the same time, really, from what we want from life, isn't this more how we operate? This is the kind of stuff we pursue. And somehow, it's so different from what Jesus says about blessing. And, and we wonder how when we ride down that road, we still feel the emptiness of it. And yet we, we take that off-ramp time and time again. And so Jesus, he brings us back the opposite way. And today we're going to talk about mercy. And we're going to talk about what it is to receive his mercy and to give it. So this is what he says. We already read it, but I'm going to read it again. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. What is mercy? Um, Mercy... We use these words like mercy, grace, uh, compassion, love, forgiveness. They all kind of wrap up together, right? And sometimes it's hard to distinguish which one. And sometimes they overlap, and rightly, rightly so. But, but this idea of mercy um, specifically means that I owe something, and, and that debt is forgiven, okay? So, like, the, op- the opposite side of that same coin is grace, where I'm freely, giving, I'm freely given something that I don't deserve. So um, if, if you were to today um, give me a $5 bill uh, just because you want to give me a $5 bill, that would be, that'd be grace. That'd be something that, that I didn't earn, that I didn't deserve, that, um, that you handed to me just, you know, just because. You, you gave me something that wasn't mine, that I didn't earn, that... I, I didn't buy it. I didn't own it. I, you didn't owe it to me. It was a gift from you to me. You gave me $5, right? Okay. But if I owe you $5 and, um, and I, I can't pay it, or maybe I want to pay it, maybe I can pay it, but nonetheless, I owe you $5 and you say, hey, forget it. It's no big deal. You, know, you can't pay me. You, you're free from that. That's mercy, Okay, because I owed you something and you canceled the debt. Does that make sense? So they're real similar. One is, one is giving and one is, is giving a, a freeness of the debt. Okay, so they're kind of the opposite side of the same point. So he says about mercy, 
Blessed are those who are, are full of mercy, who give mercy freely, who, who give it away, who are merciful. When, when they get into a situation, they, they give mercy. Blessed are the merciful for, for they will receive mercy. Okay? So there's a couple different ways that this happens. So specifically, uh, it, it can be like in the context of a legal issue or a judge where you have a, a sentence against you. And you could, um, you, you could have a sentence of X number of years and, and it's forgiven and you walk away scot-free. Or you have a, a financial debt that is wiped away and you don't have it anymore. You know, there's a, a, a teaching, a parable, a story Jesus, that Jesus taught about a guy who owed literally what would be equivalent to us of, of hundreds of millions of dollars, a completely unpayable debt. Okay, he's just a normal guy like you and I, a normal person, and he uh, had a normal salary, and, and he went to his, the person that he owed the money to, and he said, listen, if you just give me a few more years, I've got this, this great new job, and I'm making a little better than um, I was before, and I will be able to pay you back. If I just work hard and save, I'll be able to pay you back my hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay? And it's so, the numbers are so ridiculous. It, it's never going to happen, right? It's, it's a silly statement to even say that I can bring anything to you. It's just ridiculous. And the, the guy who uh, was the, you know, the banker or whatever, he said, you know what? Forget it. It's wiped totally clean. You're free to go. And this, this guy could have had him in prison. He could have had his life taken from him. He, and he totally said, you're free. And so Jesus goes on with the story, and this guy, I mean, he must have been thrilled, right? He must have been absolutely blown away, thrilled with the forgiveness of his debt. And, and he walks out, and he is so thrilled with the forgiveness of his debt, and, and he runs into a guy that owes him a couple grand, sold him a wagon, and uh, the guy owed the, the equivalent of a couple grand left on the wagon that he had sold him or whatever. And, you know, a, a couple weeks' work, maybe a month's salary, a significant amount of money— but, you know, it's not like lunch. It's, it's a few thousand dollars kind of money. But, but he'd just been forgiven hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay? And the outcome should be obvious, right? You get forgiven a hundred million dollars. What do you do? You pass that on to somebody who owes you a couple thousand. You're, this is awesome. But what, what does the guy in the story do? He has him thrown into prison. He says, how dare you? You can never pay me back. And he's harsh with him and he's not merciful. And, and Jesus says... How dare you receive mercy and not give it? And really, it, it takes it to that point that, that there's an account to be paid and, and God forgives and he gives mercy. And so that's the first kind. The second kind is more of a, a mercy, compassion kind of thing. And we're going to talk about this because, because giving of myself to someone in a way that they can't pay back is a, is a compassionate act of mercy. And so you heard Christian on the announcements talk about, you know, feeding at Pioneer Park, or some of you are going to Honduras again, and some of you are going to Ethiopia, and you're going to do things that they just, they can't be paid back, right? You're going to spend money getting there, you're going to, and you're going to do it because you know God's asked you to, and, and but you're going to give, and, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about, about that kind of mercy too, that act of mercy, or even the act of, of just being merciful uh, around us. So, so there's those couple kinds of mercies. But mercy basically is when we get a pass on all the stuff that we owe. We get a pass. We get free. We're, we're totally free from it. 
some of you know that uh, Chris and I used to live and work in Africa, and we lived in a place where there's a lot of HIV. And I've talked with some of you about that, and maybe if you were at South Campus, you heard a little bit more about that. But um, you just work with a lot of people who are sick, and a lot of people are dying, and a lot of people who, if they had medicine, and the amount, I mean, it's just silly what, what medicine and how cheap it is and what it can do for people to restore their lives and give them extra years. And anyway, so we always made a habit of trying to get as many people tested as possible because the more people get tested, right, the more they know the reality of their health and they're able to either get on medication or, you know, prevent future behavior and, and all kinds of stuff. So, so we would always try to get people tested and I would go and get tested with them. And finally, we had a couple of staff members that um, were going to go with us uh, and we'd been for almost a year and a half trying to get a couple people to go get tested. And one of them, I was pretty sure, needed to get tested and was HIV positive. And, and the other one, I didn't think, but still, we wanted to get everybody tested. And so, so uh, sure enough, the, the one guy was definitely, he was positive. And uh, this lady that worked for us, her name was Dolly. And Dolly uh, worked for me in my office, and she worked for Crystal in our home a little bit back and forth. And so she was almost like part of our family. We loved Dolly. And yeah, Dolly got tested, and she asked me to come into the counselor's room with her. And um, so the three of us are there, and, um, and they told her that she was positive. And I was like, man, she's so healthy. I just, it's not what I thought. And so I'm kind of got my own emotions going on and thinking about that. And thinking about, you know, my friend and getting her medication and just thinking about that whole process and what that looks like in the context of our lives there. And, and uh, so we went through the whole counseling and all that and what needed to happen and when she would go have an appointment at the hospital. And, and on the way home, we're all in the car. And, uh, and so I'm kind of interacting with them as much as they wanted to about finding out that they were positive and uh, their status and uh, and I said, Dolly, I said, what did you, did, did you know? Did you think? What, do you know how this happened? And, and she said, well, I kind of thought that maybe I was. And I said, well, how? And she'd been married for a decade. And she said, well, I just, I just kind of figured that Joseph has probably been around. And I just kind of thought I might be positive. And, and I'm like, and so me, I, I have all kinds of anger and I, I'm upset. And so come to find out, let me come to find out that Joseph not only knew that he was positive because he, he was positive and knew he was positive and was already privately on ARVs himself and hadn't told his wife and me, I have all kinds of rage. I want justice. I want like in our country, you know, that's manslaughter. That's, uh, do you understand? No, you're legally, you can't, you can't do that. Legally, you're, you're a murderer here. And so, um, you, I, I just got all kinds of issues, right? Boiling up. And do you know what she had for her husband? She had mercy. And she had love for her husband. And I was furious about it. I wanted him, I wanted him out. I wanted him, you know what I mean? I want, I want justice. I want something. And, when you find that kind of, that anger and justice in you, you know, there's a bit of that. There's a bit of that uh, that you've got to be able to recognize for yourself. Man, I don't love mercy. I love getting it, but I, I don't want to give it as freely as I want to get it. 
I want to be forgiven, but I don't want to give it. And, and I want my view of what's right and wrong. And I, I demand to be right. And I demand to have justice. And, and wrapped up in this, what Jesus says is blessed are those who love mercy. When you find that you get into a situation and someone does you wrong, what spills out to them? And more times than not, I, I have my view of fair and what I want to be fair and right, and you got to pay for that. And Jesus says, blessed are those who love mercy. And it's not just receiving mercy. It's giving it. Giving mercy to those who don't need it who are guilty. Literally, well, here's what the word means. It means compassion or forgiveness shown to someone uh, whom it's within one's power to punish or harm. Forgiveness shown to someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. So compassion, forgiveness given to someone who, who you are in the position to judge and to hold accountable. Okay? It's, it's compassion given to them. It's forgiveness given to them. Okay? And... And literally, in Luke 6, uh, Luke six thirty five, here's how Jesus continues with it. He does in Matthew as well, but he puts it all together. In, the way it's recorded in Luke is pretty helpful. Let's go to Luke, um, if we can, in uh, chapter 6, verse 35 to 37. But love your enemies. Do good to them, lending them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. You know, Jesus lays all of those down together about about loving your enemies, about being merciful, about not judging and forgiving. He puts them all side by side. Okay, because they are so similar. And, and, and he does that with, with, uh, with forgiveness in such a way that it would be easy for you to misunderstand. It would be easy for me to miss something. Um, because what you could hear is, unless I'm forgiving, God won't forgive me. Uh, unless I'm merciful, um, God won't give mercy to me. Unless I'm loving my enemies, then, then God won't love me. And, and if you even turn it more, um, I have to love in order for God to love me, or I have to forgive in order to have my sins forgiven, or I have to be merciful. And, and do you understand that it, it can go there pretty quickly in how you think about it? Because, because what that does is that makes God dependent on, on how you act. That makes God's love, God's mercy, God's grace and forgiveness dependent on you. And that puts, that puts you in charge. And that's exactly the opposite of what God says. God says that he loved us first while we were yet sinners. That, that he loved us while we were his enemies and forgave us. And so what Jesus says is he says, Man, this relationship of grace and forgiveness that you and I have, that, that I give you love while you're my enemy, that, that I give you forgiveness even though you have walked far away from me, that, that you are offered mercy from me even though you, you have an account, and we'll talk about that, you have an account against me. Um, he says, even, 
even though that, I love you and I give you mercy. And, and he says that relationship that we have, if you receive that, if you receive by believing in Christ, if you receive that kind of relationship, then that stuff ought to flow out of you. Then that forgiveness and that mercy and that love and that it ought to flow out of you if you have received greatly. You know, the, the thing that really is offensive about this, about mercy, is the fact that, that if you're going to receive mercy, and, and it's the same thing with being poor in spirit, it's the same thing with all of these that we've talked about, you have to be at the place where you say, I, I need it. And in order to receive mercy, you have to come to grips with the fact that you have a penalty that, that you're due. You have a, you have a, a balance that is against you, that's against your account, that you owe a debt and you have to be forgiven. It's a debt you can't pay. God's word says this. It says that there is for all people, all people have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That, that God is perfect and all of us have fallen short of that. And that every one of us has sin. And, and it goes even further to say the paycheck for sin is death. It's eternal separation from God. And and that death that is dying in us now that, that, that eventually goes to eternal separation from him, if we don't come to trust him, that, that death that God never designed for us is a result of sin. And the Bible says the only way to get out of that is to, to have your, your debt forgiven. You can't be good enough to get it back. You can't work hard enough in your, your blue collar or white collar or six-digit job. You, or you can't you can't work hard enough to pay that debt back. It can only be forgiven. And that's the offensive part about it. Some of you here right now are like, oh man, there's no way. I'm not buying that. And that's the offense of what Jesus says. Blessed are, are the merciful for they shall receive mercy because you have to say, I need it. I need to be forgiven. I need my debt canceled. I can't pay. I, I need mercy. Well, where do we get it from? You and I have glimpses of it, and you and I act mercifully, and God's word says that he, he through his spirit, generally leads us with our consciences to do right things from time to time, but if, if you have mercy, it's because, because God created it. If you have love and genuine, it, it's because God gave it to you. And, and that's the place that... The, the, that mercy comes from. It's only from God. In Ephesians 2, uh, Paul writes this, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. Transgressions is a big word for sin. Even when we were dead in our sin, it's by grace that you've been saved. It's just a gift of God that you've received this mercy, a forgiveness for your debt. In John 20, uh, Jesus just came back from the dead. He just got out of the tomb and the, the women saw him and the rest of the disciples, they didn't, they didn't believe yet. They hadn't seen with their own eyes and they weren't sure and they weren't sure if the women were too emotional and if they got the story straight. And, and I mean, they'd seen him die and they'd buried him, right? And so they hadn't seen him and, and Jesus comes to them and and he says, peace be with you. This is what he says. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, 
so I'm sending you. This is the first thing that Jesus says to his disciples after he, after he conquered death, after he paid the price for our sin. He says, peace be with you, I'm sending you, just like God sent me. And it goes on from there to 22 and says, uh, 20, there we go. And, and that he breathed on, the, oh, sorry, he breathed on them, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Okay? And, and if you've been around for a while and you haven't read this verse in a while, I'm going to read it again. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And if, if you've been in church for a while and you, and you hear that, you think, well, man, did the, did the disciples, did they have the authority to forgive people's sins? And did they, were they the ones doing it? And is that what I'm supposed to be doing? And that sounds a little different from the way we normally say it, right? And, and Jesus said this, and, and who can forgive sins? Jesus said it himself, who can forgive sin but God alone? He's the only one that forgives sin. But here's what he said to his disciples. Peace be with you. I, I've given you peace. I've, I've forgiven your sin. I've paid the price. Go out forgiving sin. Be about the forgiveness that you have received. When you go out, you should be all about forgiveness. And, and if people don't want it, that's fine. They don't have to receive it. But when you go out, you should offer forgiveness. And if they don't want it, that's fine. But be about forgiveness. That's the first thing that he sends them out to do, is giving forgiveness. If, if Christians ought to be about one thing, it ought to be about being, giving forgiveness. Um, if... If you and I, uh, if you and I have plenty of something, like just too much of something, we have more than we can use. Um, what do we typically do with the extra? We give it away to somebody who needs it, right? I grew up in an electrical construction contracting family, and uh, we had all kinds of all kinds of wire and parts and fixtures that were taken down or overordered. You know, there's always stuff. And man, I watched my dad and my uncle for my whole life. When, whenever somebody needed something. Just stop by, you know, friends, just stop by and grab it, take it. We got plenty, right? Now, if they needed, you know, motor parts, we, di- we didn't have engine parts because that's not what we had plenty of. We had plenty of electrical stuff. And so if you need something electrical, I'll, I'll help you put it in and I'll give it to you and, we'll, you know, sort it out. It's, it's yours. Um, it, if you are, if you're great with interior decorating um, and you just... You rock at that and you have a friend that moves into a new place and they say, yeah, I'm not really sure what to do with it. What, what do you do? You give what you have. You have plenty of it. You're great with that. You, you go over and you dream it up and you, you give it. If, if you're great with cars, right? If you're a mechanic, if you're mechanically minded and, and your buddy is over coffee saying, oh man, I got this thing and I can't, I just can't figure it out. And what do you do? You help him. You say, oh, let me, tell me about it. And you help him work through the problem and maybe you even offer to go help him fix it. If you're great with finances and you have a friend who shares with you they're struggling with their finances, what do you do? You give them what you have plenty of. If you have plenty of money and you're eating with somebody who doesn't have plenty of money, what do you do? You pick up the check, right? Because you have plenty and it's easy to give when you have plenty. So here's the point. If you have received mercy, if you've received forgiveness, what should spill out of you? Forgiveness. And mercy, it ought to just, it ought to be our default. But so often, that's not our default. And so what you got to figure out is why doesn't it spill out of me? 
Why does talking about cars just, just spill out? And, and why do I share with this? And, and, and why don't I give mercy? Why am I so judgmental? Here's, here's something. Take your, your three closest people around you. Maybe it's a spouse and maybe a friend at work or, or maybe even your kids. And, and ask them this question, okay? This, you won't even have to write this down. You can just remember it. Um, and, am I a critical, judgmental person? A- ask them that question, okay? Am I a critical, judgmental person? Oh, man. Really? And, and, and you got to say, hey, listen, I need you to be honest with me. A- am I ever critical? Maybe you need to say it that way because maybe you're not, but maybe, maybe sometimes you are. Or maybe sometimes you're only critical in a certain situation. Um, man, being a parent in baseball games is a hard time not to be a critical person. <laughs> is it not? I was so critical yesterday. Oh, that wasn't planned. I just thought about that. Thank you, Lord. Uh, oh, I was so critical yesterday. Um, am I a critical person? And then the flip side of it is, God, who have you given me in my life that I can pour out your mercy to? Who have you put in my life that needs your mercy? You know, it's all the way from the, I mean, the trite, silly, you know, maybe you're the road rage person. And, and it is, it's kind of trite and silly. And, um, but, but on the other end of that is, is the, the spouse who had an affair on me side. And who do I give mercy to? God, who have you brought into my life? Maybe it's that guy that just cut me off. Maybe it's a spouse that betrayed me. Maybe it's, it's somebody at work that wants my job and wants me fired. God, who do I give your mercy to? Blessed are those who, who are merciful, for they shall receive mercy. See, when I give mercy, I'm reminded constantly of what? What I need mercy for. When I give mercy that's undeserved, I'm constantly reminded that God has given me so much. You might be the person here who just says, you know what? I I haven't received mercy from God. And I want to tell you that you can receive it today. You can receive the mercy of God by just saying, God, I need to be forgiven. I need your mercy. You could be the the person who, who knows that in their head and you just are a hoarder. You got mercy for yourself, but it's for nobody else. And, and here's the thing. You got to look real close because Jesus says, if you really are receiving mercy, it, it ought to flow out. So why aren't you giving it away? The band is going to come on up. And uh, we're going to worship. And we're going to worship God. And, and here's how I want to encourage you. I want you to sing, and Mary's going to lead us in this. And, but to say, God, would you make me more merciful? Would you, would you take the mercy that you've given me, and would you help me to give it abundantly? Would you help me to get to the place where I give out mercy the way you give it out to me? Freely give mercy. And I want to encourage you that after, after we worship, I, there's some of you who have said, uh, man, today I need, to, I need to set this in stone. I need to... I need to pray about this today. I'd love to pray with you. Mary and I will be up here. Crystal um, will be up here. Um, some other folks will be up here. I'd love to pray with you. If, 
if you want to pray afterwards. Some of you might be here today and say, I've never received God's mercy. I've never asked him for forgiveness. I've never, and I want to do that today. I know I need mercy. I know I need forgiveness. If that's you, I'd love to pray with you. You could pray right there. You could say, God, I need mercy. Come into my life and forgive me. But, but if you want to pray about that, I'd love to pray with you about that. The, the Connections team is going to come forward and they're going to take offering. If you're visiting us, man, no obligation. Don't give. We just, for us who are here, um, and this is our home, you know this is how you worship and keep the ministry going. Thank you for giving generously. But, but if, if you have a prayer request, you want to put it in the bag or if you want to pray afterwards, but, but, but don't get lost in this transition. I really take this time to say, God, would you make me more merciful? Would you lead me? in being and giving mercy as you would want me to. Lord God, we come before you and we thank you. You've given to us so generously. You've given us so much. You've given us grace. You've given us your love. You've given forgiveness. And so God, we ask you, we ask you to make us more like you, that you would help us to give freely the mercy that we've been given. God, as we worship with our giving, would you, uh, would you help us to continue to give generously? And God, that the work of our church here would be able to spread and grow in this valley, that people who don't know you and don't know the mercy of God and the love of God, that, that we would be able to share with more and more people all the time. God, that's our prayer. In Christ's name we pray.